With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson Jackson himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And yes, this is the much-anticipated mock draft series uh, that we are starting here on the podcast over the next several episodes leading up to the 2020 NFL Draft. And uh, as we mentioned on the previous episode, uh, if you didn't catch it, what we're doing is an NFL mock draft uh, where we make picks for the first round and how we're going to do it is by alternating choices. Uh, So we both have to be on our toes because uh, we don't know who's going to be picked uh, ahead of uh, our picks. And so uh, that's going to keep us, um, you know, having to adjust on the fly. And Dylan, we did in the last episode uh, learn that uh, based on the coin flip, uh, we trusted your coin flip and you won the toss. And so you actually get the first pick in this thing. Um, how, how are you feeling settling in here into our mock draft, which essentially we are basically right now in the spots that all of these NFL teams are going to be in. Um, we are working from our homes and <laughs> having to make picks and hope that there are no technology issues along the way or hackers involved. So if Dylan is currently hacking my screen to see my selections, uh, that is another concern seemingly, not just uh, here on the Established Pass podcast, but also of uh, NFL front offices right now. Yeah, I know that's a probably a bigger concern for them than us. If anyone wants to try to hack our podcast, by all means, that could be some good content for us overall. But no, I, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about the number one pick. As much as if you've listened to previous episodes, I've talked about what the Bengals may or may not want to do with that pick, whether it makes sense to possibly trade and what it, for overall what it can mean for them. But uh, we'll get to that pretty quickly, what I ended up deciding, but it, it definitely it wasn't the hardest choice. I think as we go through the rest of the draft, uh, it's going to be a little more difficult for me to pin down exactly who I'm looking at. Some of these picks are ones that just seem natural, seem easy for the four that I'm going to have here, but we'll see what happens because I know 
Uh, as you said, we might have some trades. We have, I, I know, one that's uh-huh. pretty close and then a, another one that is uh, more of a mystery to me. So well, yes. I guess I'll, I'll find out uh, pretty soon here, hopefully. We have put in the caveat that we're going to allow ourselves three, potentially four first-round trades. We'll, yeah. we'll get to that. We may do a couple more later on, but we have decided that we are going to allow ourselves some trade options. Now, these just can't be, you know, random, non-thought-out trade options. We can't just move teams just for the sake of moving them. Um, there has to be some validity behind it. And if one of us decide we want to veto the trade, we will veto the trade. Uh, but I think we're going to be okay. But, yes, uh, Dylan already has a trade in mind. I have a trade in mind. And believe it or not, both of them, we are looking ahead and potentially going to use two of our trades here in the top eight. And so this episode will be our one through eight picks, and we will go eight picks each uh, leading up uh, to uh, the NFL draft. So, all right, Dylan, as we said, uh, I think the pretty anticlimactic start to this draft. Uh, but if you decided to go in a different direction, uh, it would completely throw off the draft. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. So without any further ado, the number one pick in the Cincinnati Bengals are going to select... Yes, with the um, you know, with the number one pick here, maybe I'll let, I'll let a, there'll be a little bit of time after Roger Goodell announces <laughs> on his on his Skype from his home camera in his PJs announces that the draft has started. Maybe I'll let some final phone calls coming in to see if there's any trade for maybe the Dolphins to move up here and uh, grab Joe Burrow. But no, I'm gonna yeah, with the Bengals, I'm gonna take Joe Burrow. I, I just think uh, if they if they don't draft him and he ends up having an amazing NFL career, I mean, obviously comparables to Andrew Luck are one thing, but. Uh, considered one of the best prospects at quarterback since him. I, I just feel like they would, and he's from Ohio, all these different things added to it. They need a QB uh, so, uh, you know, for the future beyond. Obviously, Andy Dalton had some good years, but I, I think it's time for them to move on. They still have A.J. Green. Joe Mixon's a good time. Uh, we'll see if Jonah Williams is able to, you know, after missing all of last year, his ability to perform in the offense line and actually step in right away as the Bengals believe he will. I think is a big reason why you don't look at maybe doing what I've talked about on this podcast before about possibly uh, <laughs> compiling a bunch of picks for Miami in a pick swap. But I, don't, I just don't think the Dolphins are really going to uh, give up enough for Cincinnati to make that happen. Uh, so at the end of the day, yes, Joe Burrow to the Bengals. It's it's going to happen. All the all the hype that's been building up since LSU had that amazing season and. Uh, no, no extra drama here, unfortunately. And I don't know if you thought there might be, but I think it kind of had to happen. There's, it just seems too natural of a fit at this point. Well, there goes my pick for the Giants at number four, Joe Burrow, uh, off the board. Uh, but no, like oh, you poor said, Daniel Jones. Yeah, look at that. Huh? I was already thinking of replacing him, but uh, no, I, I think it obviously is the one we we expect to happen. And like like we're saying, it just. I don't know. It's hard to predict that type of trade from the Bengals to get that pick away, um, you know, no matter what they're going to get in return. But, again, stranger things have happened in the NFL draft. But uh, number one here in the Establish the Pass mock draft is Joe Burrow to the Bengals, which puts me on the clock now with the Washington Redskins, who are the number two pick uh, in this draft. And while there has been some speculation that the Redskins could be a team that probably is going to, I would say, Dylan, maybe fielding the most uh, phone calls of anyone um, yeah. and looking at uh, where they're at in the draft, knowing that there are teams behind them uh, that really want a certain player. Um, I think ultimately they're going to stay in this spot. And because of that, uh, with the number two pick in the uh, Stafford's Pass mock draft, I am going to select Chase Young from uh, Ohio State <laughs> uh, with – the number two pick to the Redskins, I just think it, and Ron Rivera had some comments, I think it was on Tuesday, uh, pretty much hinting at, look, they, you know, if it makes sense for them to trade, they will, but you could just kind of tell with 
what he said. It didn't seem like they were, you know, in any hurry to give up this number two pick. And, and I think it just makes sense. Look, Rivera's a defensive guy. Um, you know, they have two quarterbacks now where they have Dwayne Haskins, they have Kyle Allen. Uh, so now, you know, you take someone like Chase Young that can completely change their defense. Um, and so it just, I think this one, just like Joe Burrow to the Bengals, if the Redskins aren't trading this pick, I think this is a no-brainer for them to take Chase Young. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to get some calls, but I think teams are kind of realizing they're not going to pass on Young here. I'd be really surprised if they do, unlike, you know, when we get to coming up here with the Lions at number three. I feel like that's the target that makes a lot more sense. It seems like they're more willing to trade back. Washington, I mean, if Dwayne Haskins is their guy, I guess if he's not, then that's a whole different conversation. But I don't think they're going to give up on him this quickly. They're already moving forward with Ron Rivera's spoken pretty highly of him and what he plans to do. So, yeah, for this defense, you get a guy like Young that, I mean, I think any comparisons to guys like Aaron Donald or other elite uh, pass rushers are mm-hmm. kind of unfair. But nonetheless, I mean, he is the best and clearly the best top uh, you know pass rushing prospect in this draft and what he can bring to that defense. I mean, they, they do have some talented defenders. I mean, you know, we'll see how Jonathan Alamontes sweat. They, they bring in Landon Collins. All these guys kind of uh, work together. I still think there's a lot more work to be done. But Chase Young, really, I mean, it, it just it makes too much sense. And I don't I don't think the Redskins will really overthink this one. I think it's, uh, at the end of the day, they're going to get him, and he's going to make a big impact for them pretty quickly. All right. So now this is where the draft starts at number three because uh, <laughs> everyone's been saying that all offseason was that the draft is going to start at number three because we assume the Bengals are keeping their pick. We assume the Redskins are keeping their pick. And if they do, it's going to be Joe Burrow, Chase Young, one, two. We feel pretty good uh, and confident about that. Now where the fun starts because – The Detroit Lions are on the clock, Dylan, at number three. This is going to be your selection. And the Detroit Lions are going to pick. So, uh, you know, they were. We need a buzzer. I feel like we need a a buzzer here or something. Like we need a a special sound effect for, for something like this. Yeah, we need the little like ESPN like ding, uh, tingle (laughs) thing when it, uh, when they make a pick. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, so instead of, instead of taking a pick, the Lions, after, fielding a number of calls possibly from one of the teams you're going to have a pick for coming up in the Chargers. Eventually, we, we, we learned that all these reports about Miami not being interested in Tua are just their way of hopefully getting teams to back off, possibly trading in front of them. In fact, they are settled on Tua, and they're going to make a trade with the Lions for the number three pick. They're going to, we're going to have in our mock draft here them giving up their number 18 overall pick and then otherwise some combination of they got a you know, couple seconds and then a, a couple seconds in next year's draft. And obviously, the one third round pick this year. They have a number of picks that can fill it out. But for our first round mock, we are now giving the Lions an 18th overall pick from Miami in this deal. So now, yeah, now it's the Miami Dolphins with the pick. They get the, the refresh on the clock, but they're not going to wait very long. They're going to draft to a Tagovailoa to be their future quarterback. They have, uh, you know, at the end of the day, maybe they could have made a deal with the Bengals as we talked about, but what they had to give up for, with the Lions was not nearly. Uh, on the same level in terms of having to, to sacrifice all these picks that they've really, you know, worked so hard to build up over the last few years with this rebuild. They, they didn't want to give up way too many. Here they, they give up some, but also ensure they get their quarterback for the future. And I think Tua's going to fit right into what Miami's doing. We're really excited, again, to see how this team does this year um, with a lot of the young talent they have, with what Brian Flores built with the culture in just one year pretty quickly. Uh, the division's wide open with the Bills. Uh, maybe there's the favorite. Maybe the Patriots still are. But I think Miami has, at least with that extra playoff spot, who knows? You know, a 9-7 and seven record could get you in, and we'll see how Tua does in his first year in Miami. 
All right. Well, that was the spot where the draft started. Was uh, taken to a at number three um, because that makes things more interesting. Certainly for the teams that are you know the next several on the board. I think when we look at it. Uh, we, again, we, as we said, the rumors are that, that uh, the Dolphins are less less interested in Tua, which probably means that they're more and more interested in him. Um, we know <laughs> we, we know how the smoke screens work when it comes yep. to the NFL draft. So that, as we said, uh, the, the Lions are, are now going to slide back to number five. Dylan will make that pick here in just a minute. But up next, uh, for me, at the number four pick with the New York Giants, and I think this is another spot where there's a potential trade. However... Um, I do think the Giants have some options here in terms of, uh, and you've seen people mention it. it. Does feel like, like I feel like the Giants is like this is a pretty easy, like they have probably several options, and I think it's pretty simple where they're going to go if they make this pick. I feel like it's probably going to be offensive tackle or, or a you know a, a major defensive player. Um, so I don't mm-hmm. really believe it or not. I know people, uh, Dave Gettleman. Um, I know Giants fans aren't going to be confident in this what I'm about to say, but. I don't feel like the Giants can really go wrong here. Um, I, I feel like there's there's enough talent on the board that no matter who they select, I feel like there's a good chance of them getting it right, mm-hmm. um, or at least that's what Giants fans are hoping. I went back and forth on this one, but I still think, and we talked about him on the last episode of the podcast as one of the most intriguing prospects, I still think it just makes the most sense for them to land him, and that's why I am going to take for the New York Giants, uh, Isaiah Simmons with the number four pick. Um, again, I, I think they they could get one of these really good offensive tackles, or they could just take someone like Simmons, who you know can be a complete game changer on defense. Because look, we we just saw the Redskins draft a complete game changer on defense and Chase Young. <laughs> so you're in that division. Uh, you want to add another one of those types of guys. I understand it makes sense for them to maybe go tackle because they want to protect Daniel Jones and make sure the offense um, flows very well. But I just find it hard to pass up on Simmons. I just think he's he's really, really good. And, and I just, I don't know, I think I would probably lean towards him um, if I'm the Giants in this spot. Yeah, I thought maybe you'd go with one of the tackles. Uh, some of the mocks we'd previously seen, like Tristan Wirfs has gone a few yeah. times there, Jedrick Wills from Alabama. But I, yeah, I mean, if I had the pick, I probably would have done the same thing as you. As, as you said, this is a team that has so many – uh, not you could look at the, all the all the holes they have on the roster and look at this as a, a bad thing, which it is. But at the same time, it, it does help in this case where you, you're you don't really have to reach for anyone. You don't have to like reach for a need because you yeah. have so many different needs. And I think for this defense especially, I mean they uh, certainly you know really struggled last year. I, they were okay against the run, but one of the worst uh, defenses of you know, 30, 31st, yeah, thirty first in DVOA. Uh, against the pass just uh, absolutely just abysmal I, you, maybe you think about the secondary you look at a guy that I might be thinking with the Lions pick coming up here um, that could have helped there but I, I think just Isaiah Simmons like we talked about uh, previously just such a unique talent that can really I mean he's just so versatile and the thing is I mean with what he did at Clemson the, the ability to play like basically any position on defense I mean he and he's also an elite pass defender at the linebacker position I don't think uh, you know he's still going to help you there uh, this is a team that, uh, again, overall, like we're saying, they, they just have so many issues. And I think just having a game changer, they can they can fill out, you know, finding, uh, you know, offensive line is still a concern. And we'll see what they do in the rest of the draft uh, after this. But I think it just became too difficult. And I see why you took Isaiah Simmons. I would have done the same thing. Yeah, it's, uh, again, surely the Giants can't screw this one up. But um, they, they should be in a good spot, uh, I think, to – 
to make the right pick uh, as long as they, they do go maybe with, with either Simmons or one of the offensive linemen. I don't, I don't think they could go wrong in either one of those spots. And uh, you know what? You can't go wrong either if you're someone who plays at Bet Online because while there's currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB going on, you might think there's nothing to bet on. As we have said and told you many times at this point, hopefully you're still listening after we've said this so many times to you, you would be wrong because uh, there's a lot going on at Bet Online. Our exclusive partner, uh, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on from their online casino to poker and blackjack. They are bringing Vegas to you. And guess what? If you're someone like us who loves the NFL and you're missing it right now, no problem at all because Bet Online now has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. Yes, you can bet on Madden 20 simulations uh, while also betting on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol stock prices and even the nathan's hot dog eating contest uh, which is one of the favorites here of the podcast and guess what bet online all open 24 hours a day all online what can you ask for i don't know it's it's the best you can get at bet online just use the promo code blue wire all one word to join today and receive your new welcome bonus uh that is bet online your online wagering solution all right, Dylan, back to the draft here. Uh, I have taken Isaiah Simmons at number four for the Giants. Now at number five, we have the Detroit Lions, who made that trade with the Miami Dolphins. And I think this is another intriguing spot here for the Lions, who moved down a couple spots uh, to make their selection. Yeah, for the Lions, I think, I mean, the, the reason I believe they're so willing to you know, trade down and why I do think in the actual NFL draft coming up, it will make sense because they can kind of see what the Giants are going to do ahead of them. If the Giants do trade back from number four, it, it would likely have been to a team like the Chargers or someone pick, trading up to get a quarterback. Yep. And so for the where the Lions, who I think they identify as the guy they really wanted, they, I don't think, I mean, they could have taken Isaiah Simmons, but it doesn't really fit maybe as much into what uh, their defense really needs at this point. And there's a secondary high slay leaving, um, especially, but just overall, another team that we talk about the Giants being awful against the pass, the Lions finished. 29th in DVOA against the pass. I, I think it, it just made too much sense for the situation, being able to get some more picks and still get the guy they want. I'm going to take Jeff Okuba from Ohio State. Uh, I mean, there's some other corners uh, we might we'll eventually, I'm sure, get to in this draft um, as we keep going forward that are, you know, great. But, I mean, he's been clearly identified as the top corner in this, in this select draft. I think they really, I mean, it's just such a huge part of what they need. Uh, I mean, they play in a division, even with Diggs moving on, where you really need to have some guy that can kind of stick with Devontae Adams. You can still have Adam Thielen in Minnesota. So uh, just on, on a, min- a number of levels, this pick in, in the trade beforehand for the Lions, I think it really works out. We, you know, we've been pretty harsh on Matt Patricia for, uh, you know, the whole duration of these 60 episodes now of established yes. the past. But I, I do think in this case, uh, they won't mess this one up. I think they'll they'll get make that trade. And if they don't make the trade, if they do keep the number three pick, I don't think it's going to change who they pick. As a sidebar here, let's say they kept the number three pick or in our scenario, they traded to number five. Do you think that there is any way that the, the Lions would consider drafting one of these two quarterbacks? Because I, I think it's more interesting maybe than it seems. Because, you know, people have talked about Matthew Stafford. I know, you know, the injury last year with the back and all that. And, you know, I don't know. Like, I mean, I think it's it's a lot more of a fascinating question maybe than, than maybe we perceive. Um, if, let's say again, let's say, I don't know, let's say they do trade down to the five spot. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's, um, I feel like it's an interesting question whether they, if one of those two quarterbacks is still on the board, 
would they consider one of those guys, either at number three or let's say at number five? Um, I mean, I think they should consider all possibilities and <laughs> take yeah. a hard look at every guy. I, I do think that, you know, if they really want to, uh, I mean, they have the third pick. And yeah. uh, unless they really think someone's going to trade up to number two in front of them and, and take him, which I, I just I don't think is going to happen with the Redskins so set on Chase Young. If Chase Young fell past two, he'd, anyone would be happy to grab him real quickly. So, I I mean, they should consider it maybe. I mean, we're, we're talking about the Bengals. Uh, not that... Uh, trying to put Matthew Stafford on the same plane as Andy Dalton, but we're talking about the Bengals for sure moving on from Andy Dalton. He's the same exact age as Matthew Stafford. They're both 32. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, what Stafford has done in, you know, in the record books for the Lions, which obviously not trying to, again, <laughs> bash too much on Detroit, but they, they do not have the most crowded uh, group of elite quarterbacks that played for the franchise, um, even though he's the leader. Yes, you could consider it. I, I just think it, they're, they are. I think it is sincere that they're going to stick with Stafford for uh, consider uh, for the foreseeable future. He has struggled with injuries, though, obviously quite a bit, um, even last year. So I don't know. I, I I think you're right, though. In terms, I probably am not thinking about it as much as I as I could have. But uh, at the end of the day, I I think this is a pick they're going to end up making. Whether they should look at quarterback more, I mean, it, it really would depend on how highly they evaluate Tua by their own standards. Um, and then Justin Herbert, uh, obviously Jordan Love, but uh, I don't think they're going to reach for Jordan Love this high. If Herbert, if this, if this actually played out this way, he'd still be the guy available. Would they consider it over uh, Okuda? I don't know at this point, but uh, yeah, I think it's something they should actually absolutely think about. The more I'm thinking about it, you know, where they are at. I mean, maybe that's still a couple years away for Detroit, uh, not right now. Then obviously everyone's going to try to uh, get Trevor Lawrence next year, but. Um, at this point, um, I think they're pretty happy with getting the selection here. Yeah, no, I, I was that was just my way of uh, throwing you off uh, your draft strategy there. So um, that was my my war room tactics. I, I don't think they'll they'll consider that either, but um, I do think it's interesting. We'll see. But all right, that brings me to number six. Um, I have to pick at number six with the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, who are, I think, I think this draft has played out exactly the way that uh, the Chargers would like uh, for the most part, except for maybe, um, you know, trying to decide between two specific players. But I think if the Chargers are sitting here in this spot with uh, the players that are still left on the board, I think they should be pretty happy with that um, when you consider who is here. And so if I'm the Chargers, I have the number six pick. After the Lions made their pick at number five, normally I would say, I was just about to say, I am sprinting up to the, the podium, but you know what? You're not, we don't have a podium to sprint up to this year. Uh, I am sprinting to the keyboard uh, to make my selection, um, and that is a pretty easy one because I think it's Justin Herbert uh, is the pick, the Oregon quarterback. Uh, I just, again, we know the Chargers and the Dolphins are the two teams that are battling most likely over these two quarterbacks. If Tua goes to the Dolphins at number three or number five, um, I just I think it's a no-brainer for the Chargers to take Justin Herbert. Um, and so I, you know, I don't know though, and, and I've gone back and forth on this. I almost think that that the Chargers may be the team that throws the most um, at the Lions and maybe moves up and, and gets Tua, but. You know, I don't know. Uh, again, I don't. I don't really know because it's uh, it's a tough one. I, I could see. You know, we mentioned the Anthony Lynn things, wanting a, a more of a mobile quarterback. Um, I think you look at Tua. You know, if if all healthy wise, if he is the player we know he can be, uh, I do think maybe Tua is a more intriguing fit for the Chargers. But either way, the Chargers have weapons on offense. They have good wide receivers, and so picking Justin Herbert, I think, would be a no brainer here, at number six. 
Yeah, and they've really done a good job of retooling their offensive line here with the Trey Turner trade, bringing in Balaga. I think those are big things. You can kind of, uh, maybe they're not necessarily hints. Obviously, you always want your offensive line to be great, but I kind of take them as hints that they're looking at solidifying the line for whatever rookie quarterback they're going to get. Like you're saying, I think, yeah, they're, I think they're really interested in Tua as well and will try to trade up for him. I just don't, at the end of the day, if the Dolphins want him, they have more of the, the firepower in terms of draft capital to pull off the trade, which is kind of why, at the end of the day, I thought that deal made sense. And for the Chargers, I still think, you know, Herbert does fit in well. And really, I mean, still a really mobile quarterback. What he's able to do, obviously, the two long touchdown runs in the Super Bowl or uh, the Rose Bowl really stick out in your mind. But just overall, over the course of the year, this guy's able to, you know, move around the pocket, move around so much more than uh, he's not, he's not just a guy that's going to be standing right there. So yep. uh, yeah, I, I think Herbert fits well with the chargers with what they're trying to do. And yeah, they definitely, uh, as I kind of started here, I think all the, the offseason moves they've made so far are hinting at them getting the quarterback, whether it's to a Herbert or Jordan love, but I think Herbert makes sense at uh, the spot and uh, just with what they have in their offense right now. Yep. We'll see. Either way, uh, I think they're both going to be fine. I don't, I don't know. Again, I don't think you'd go wrong probably with Tua or or Justin Herbert. They're not the same quarterbacks, but you know they have a lot of similarities in terms of their their potential. And um, so we'll see. Uh, I think again, the most likely scenario is Tua to the Dolphins. I think Justin Herbert to the Chargers. But um, you know, if they, if they flip, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> either. So uh, we'll see. All right, so there you go. Uh, those are the top six picks, which leads to Dylan's number seven pick uh, with the Carolina Panthers, who are completely overhauling things. Um, they have uh, some choices to make, but uh, if I'm the one making this pick, I think it's uh, pretty easy which side of the ball they're probably looking at here. Yeah, we talked all season about this team being just absolutely abysmal defending the run. Uh, just, uh, yeah. you know, it was their 32nd in DVOA basically from, you know, week four or five to the end of the year. And it just it kind of, I mean, as much as, you know, the, the cam story with him out and, you know, Kyle and playing well in the year and what they were able to do there, uh, may have seemed like a more flashy kind of dominant story. But for me, the dominant story was that just their inability to get off the field on defense. So as much as yeah, there's so many receivers, we talked on our last episode about all the talent here. There's great offensive linemen, which we still haven't <laughs> gotten into yet. Uh, with our, our picks, but yep. I think at the end of the day, there's a, this is a perfect match of the spot in the draft and the prospect and the fit uh, for Derek Brown from Auburn. Uh, it's uh, not an uncommon name. You'll see on yeah. <laughs> a lot of mock drafts outside of our own here that it's uh, been identified and there's a reason for it. But as we're saying, they're just so bad at defend, um, de- uh, defending the run. You have a guy that is really going to fit in to plug up uh, the holes there in the middle of this front seven. You lose Gerald McCoy. They, all these guys are gone for free agency otherwise to uh even though yeah they finished fourth and uh fourth worst in rushing defense overall but uh, worse in dvoa just, just so bad so here with Derek brown the, the fit the prospect what he's what he did at auburn what he's able to do with his frame with his body work i, I think it just made too much sense for them not to i, I didn't see them trading back or trading up for a you know a quarterback with, with yeah. the current setup right now obviously they have teddy i, I just don't if they hadn't if they hadn't drafted or you know signed teddy maybe there's a little more consideration for them of being a team that could have moved up for a QB. But right now, I think they're pretty set on him. Maybe uh, quarterbacks in future drafts. We've seen uh, NFL's X in that one athletic article talking about how they could be a team that would be a fit to tank for uh, Trevor Lawrence, possibly. I don't think that's going to happen with Teddy. But here, yeah, 
I mean, it just makes too much sense. I think unless they get a huge offer from someone to move up, which I don't at this point, I don't think a team really with Tua, Burrow, and Herbert all off the board. I don't see that necessarily happening. So, uh, yeah, going to go with Derek Brown here to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, aside from Joe Burrow to the Bengals and Chase Young to the Redskins, I think on mock drafts, Derek Brown to the to the Panthers is probably the next one <laughs> that you see the most. Maybe maybe Isaiah Simmons to the Giants. Well, maybe not. Some of the people have offensive tackles. But, yeah, yeah. I, it feels like this is probably one of those where he's going to be there. You don't really expect anyone else ahead of them uh, to take him. And I think it just it makes too much sense. And so you would – Expect him uh, to be the pick there at number seven, which now leads me to my number eight pick. And all right, Dylan, I'm doing this on the fly. Let's see if it works. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, let's try it again. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear the buzzer, but um, that is. Yes, yes, I could hear it. There <laughs> is the trade buzzer to signal a trade here, and we're gonna we're uh-huh. gonna use that going forward if it comes across well. We're gonna listen to this thing and see. Uh, how well the buzzer we might have to turn it up a little bit but um i am going to make a trade here you have already made one of your trades um there with three and five with the dolphins and the lions swapping i am going to swap the arizona cardinals who are going to trade down not too far but i think that the cardinals will have some choices at this pick and i don't necessarily think that there is maybe any one that they absolutely have to have at this spot because i think they can get Mm -hmm. another one of these guys several spots down And here's who's going to trade up for him. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to trade up from the number 14 spot to the number 8 spot because guess what? They need some protection for none other than Tom Brady. And that's why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are trading up to number 8 with the Arizona Cardinals to select Jedrick Wills, the offensive tackle (laughs) from Alabama. They need some protection for Tom and I think it makes the most sense. I think he, you know, probably my SEC bias showing here, but I think he's the best offensive tackle in the draft. Uh, I know some may think it's it's Tristan Worse. You probably can't go wrong either way. Uh, but you've seen a lot of rumors that there are some teams, maybe even as high as the Giants, who are really high on Jedrick Wills. And, you know, if he were to go at number four, I don't think that would be a huge surprise. Um, so in this scenario, I do think the Bucks have some, you know, potential – uh, options here to move up and if that's the case they're probably gonna have to add some other picks somewhere uh, but for right now we'll just say they're gonna swap picks uh, we may find the uh, you know the what is the, what is the trades they always <laughs> use yeah the uh, the financial compensation to be added later uh, or something <laughs> like that but um, I will take the bucks moving cash up considerations. From, yeah there you go cash considerations uh, we, we even have that here on the the Blue Wire Podcast Network. That's the name of the podcast um, with our friend uh, Jason Pat. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think uh, that's what I'm going to make the move here because I think it's a good pick for the Bucks. No, it makes <laughs> a lot of sense. I think, I, yeah, if, if Worfs, if, say if Wills had gone uh, earlier in the draft and Worfs uh, from Iowa was still here, I still think it would have made sense for them to trade up depending on if they thought it would be with Arizona, maybe with one of the teams right behind them. We've, I didn't, you know, We'll get to the Browns pick uh, on the next episode, but I, I think they're another team that's obviously looking at offensive line, trying to solidify their offensive tackle position. So that's why it would make sense for Tampa Bay to move up to one of these. They can't really wait around. 14 is going to be too too far, I think, for both of these guys to still be there. Uh, you know, with all the talent at wide receiver, they don't. Uh, it's a team that already has so much. I don't. It just doesn't make sense for the, their fit right now. Uh, I, I definitely see why you identified this as a, pay, uh, a spot for Tampa Bay to move up and. Uh, a really necessary one. I mean, their offensive line 
has been fine, but it, I mean, really what Tom Brady, you wanted, you can't be too careful here. And uh, obviously there's some other uh, offensive lineman prospects that might pan out quite well as we get deeper in this draft. But these two guys, uh, I, you know, I feel like you're, more confident with who they're going to get they could have waited at 14 maybe waited for I mean, Andrew Thomas from Georgia is one yeah uh, you know when I was looking at their picks around that at that range I've kind of thought maybe that's that would be someone they would take with his ability I mean the dude's a monster as well but I, I still think these are guys are a little more of a sure thing between Wills and Werfs and uh, yeah with Wills Wills still there and in particular I think they're that probably would be the trigger to make them more willing to give up a bit more move up to number eight to get a guy that yeah in a lot of drafts as you're mentioning and in the actual draft could be the case uh could end up being the top five pick yep so we'll go with that uh we'll say the bucks are going to move up and, and make that pick uh there at number eight to make things interesting um we'll see but i i do and it's what you said i think it's knowing that those two guys in particular wills and worse feel like sure things and that's not to knock andrew thomas or these other guys but i think you're seeing mm-hmm. if you look at some of these big boards uh, and all that, you know, purely based on talent, I think it's understandable why you're seeing these guys uh, maybe a little bit higher up. But I, I do think you, you could honestly, though, you probably throw Thomas in that group. So maybe there's a spot that they could wait. Uh, but I don't mm-hmm. know, though, because you could see, you know, you could see the Jags, you could see the Browns, like you could see teams making moves here. And if, if the Cardinals were to stay, I mean, quite honestly, you could see offensive tackle go those next three picks, I think, from eight to ten. Um, you know, I think, I don't know if that's out of the realm of possibility. So, um, yeah, so maybe that's, uh, that's what the Bucks would have to do to move up to get one of those guys. But there you go. There are top eight picks with the new trade buzzer included, um, <laughs> which we will have to trademark here, uh, on the podcast, but, uh, I'm sure we'll bring that back, uh, as we get into, uh, our next picks because Dylan is much interesting. And, and, you know, I thought this was an interesting eight, right? Picks here, but, I think this next part could be the most interesting of all because we haven't had a wide receiver go off the board yet, and all we talked about is the depth of wide receiver. I think this is where things could get interesting uh, when we think ahead to our, our nine uh, through 16 picks in the next one. Yeah, we got the combination of all those receivers, like you're saying. I think, yeah, along with uh, Jordan Love, so it'll be interesting to see. Yep. Uh, a lot of you see a really a mixed reaction when people think he could fall to the end of the first round, uh, more some even in the top ten, uh, which I'm not sure if that's going to happen with our group here. We'll find out, I guess. But uh, with only two picks remaining, but yeah, a lot. Uh, you know, there's a lot more uh, room for creativity and a lot more room for more unpredictable things to happen. I think, you know, sure, uh, yeah, another team could have traded up above the Dolphins for two instead, and it could have really thrown things for a loop here. But yeah, I, I think that this group of eight players, we can pretty confidently say is going to go in the first 10 picks or so uh, and some sort of variation combination. So from here on out, yeah, it it opens up a lot more and uh, you know, it's just such a deep draft as we've talked about not just at receiver, but so many positions. I think, you know, once we get to the end of the first round, it's going to be hard to leave some of these guys out, but yeah, the the next eight picks in particular, uh, yeah, like you said, maybe we'll do allow for a total of four trades if needed. (laughs) I'll have to think about it a lot more before Monday when we record next, but uh, yeah, excited to get those ones going. I yeah, th- these ones for me personally, I kind of you know looking beforehand, I was able to think about them you know, a lot more easily. Now I'm as I'm looking at the picks I'm going to have for the next round. There's there's just so many different <laughs> options, I guess, and it, it makes it a little more interesting. Yeah, there's one team I would love to see trade up in these next eight picks. We're going to talk about. We'll see if that makes sense. Uh, there's a teaser as we go into the next episode. But uh, we've got great NFL draft coverage, Dylan, and uh, free agency stuff going on at Clutch Points. Let everybody know where they can find all that. 
Yeah, you can go to clutchpoints.com to the NFL section by clicking just a giant NFL right there on the top of the homepage. Click there for all of our NFL content. Search NFL Draft. All the draft content will populate there, whether you want to look at, uh, you know, uh, sleepers, uh, guys that might fall in the draft, what your specific team uh, is looking for in the draft. We have that all covered there. You can also read our written content in the Clutch Points app, or if you have a favorite team, you can sort uh, the news by the, the favorite teams that you have within the app. So that's another easy way to read all of your team-related content. And yeah, just excited now. With uh, got about 15 days till the draft. So <laughs> uh, as we said last time, it really is coming up quickly. And uh, I still, still, I think the most intriguing thing for me is just how this is all going to play out on, <laughs> yeah. on a, with everyone drafting from home. We had a report here, like. Uh, a little before we started recording about some t- uh, IT people from teams being worried about <laughs> going to set up, you know, yeah. their general manager, their uh, whoever's uh, stuff in their house, uh, you know, with how everyone's supposed to social distance. So it's definitely, it's definitely still kind of a developing situation, and uh, hopefully it all works out well. But it's going to be intriguing and interesting nonetheless. Yep, it will be, and we'll see uh, which team is the one that holds up the draft by having technical issues. Uh, could be multiple teams. We may have to make a bet on that. Uh, we'll see if our friends at Bet Online get us a bet going. Can, uh, can we have that. Dave Gettleman as the the favorite? To have I, some gonna, sort I, of I, I think he would be the favorite, and like it's it's probably a good thing that they're not going to just completely skip teams and and try to work through this because if they did, um, you know, we may only have you know eight picks in the first round or something. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. But yeah, no, it'll be a lot of fun, and like you said, lots of great stuff over at Clutch Points. Check out all of our NFL draft stuff, uh, everything going on over there, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on any podcast app you use. And thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire and Bet Online for all that they do. And uh, thanks, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established Pass Podcast.